Welcome to People's Church Podcast. I want to talk to you this morning about the staff that Moses had, the rod of God. Rod of God was not some magical wand like Harry Potter or Mer- it wasn't Merlin's staff like King Arthur's uh, lightsaber or lightsaber like Star Wars. Um, it had no powers in itself. In fact, interesting thing, just before I came in here, I was talking to someone out in the foyer and they said apparently there is a fishing rod out there called the rod of God. Anybody ever heard of that? No? Okay. There's a brand, it's a brand name or somebody, they, they uh, anyway, you know who told me that was the youth pastor, Ethan. So um, that's interesting. It was a staff used by Moses in the desert to herd sheep, to direct them here and there, to use as a weapon to fight off predators, and use as a stick for walking. But it became the rod of God at the burning bush, just after the burning bush, when Moses surrendered it to God. It became a tool of power and authority. So after God identified himself to Moses at the burning bush, as the God of his father, Levi, that's Moses' dad, and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, he tells them, look, look, Moses, I've seen all the cruelties, I've seen all the stuff that's gone on to my people in Egypt, all the oppression, all of the things that have happened. And he says, Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out. I want to talk about three statements here that are made in the scripture. And we're looking at um, Exodus 4, verses 1 to 5. We'll go through it up here. Three statements, three shifts, and I think that every person uh, can have God's authority and the power in their life by allowing the Lord to work these shifts or these, these statements and the shifts and the changes that are talked about in these, or, or assumed in these statements. They work them in your life. So the first statement is, after he said, I'm taking you, Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. You're going to Egypt, Moses, but here's, he objected. He strongly objected. Now, none of us have ever done that when God said, I want you to do this, have we? No, we've always just gone right along. It might have been just a whisper in our heart or God telling you something about, look, uh, you know, maybe he uh, whispered in your heart uh, in Scripture. You read some Scripture one morning. He said, yeah. I need to fix that in my life. I need to change. I need to go your way in this, God. But Moses objected. He's seen the burning bush. He took off his shoes, but he really objected. And you see in this whole uh, deal of him being called to go back to Egypt, he actually uh, puts up quite a fuss about it at times. But uh, he said, what is that in your hand? That's a question that God asked. 
Oh, it's a staff. I mean, come on, God. It's a common stick. Isn't, isn't this obvious? It's, it's a common stick, and it's, it, it's my, in my common life out here in the desert. That's maybe what he was thinking. Uh, it represents my time in the desert. I've been wandering around here. It's a stick that reminds me of my failure. Uh, I messed up. I killed, I killed uh, a guy. I murdered a man when I was defending one of my countrymen. And I fled to the desert and I should have been delivered, been the deliverer uh, 40 years ago. Fear, regret, shame. Do you have any of those? Any regrets? Any fears? Any shame? Maybe they can go back 40 years if you're 40 plus years old, of course. Or 20 years or 15 years. I want to ask you this morning, what are you carrying, Christian believer? What are you carrying around? And I think the Lord asks you that today. And what you need is clarity and focus. Do you have clarity and focus in your life? I think Moses got some clarity and focus here. We know how we lose clarity and focus when we banter at ourselves and say, my life's common. When you think your life is common because of a comparison to others, and you think God loves you on the basis of your performance, he doesn't love you on the basis of your performance. He loves you because Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He loves you because you're one of his. Jesus paid the ultimate price. You're a child of the king if you're a Christian. You're part of his body. You're part of the fellowship of believers. You're part of the church. The question for us this morning is, what is that in your hand? Your walk with God, your Christian life, it's all in your hand. And you are in his hand. And when God calls you and continues to call you to the life that you're living now, it's a call of everything that you are. You know that? It's not a call of bits and pieces, of failures and successes. It's a call, you know, because we all have them. We all have failures. We all have stuff. We all have things like that. But he calls you to everything you are. The call of everything. calls you the, the everything you are. He calls you for that. It's everything. When you became a follower of Jesus, accepting Christ, receiving him into your life, he didn't look at you and say, you know, I'll pick this, I'll pick that, like a buffet, you know, I'll pick this, I, I, you know, I, you know I, I, don't, I like bacon, but I don't like calamari very well. Maybe you're opposite, I don't know, can't imagine, but um, he didn't look at you as that. He took the whole thing. When he called you, he called every bit, not bits and pieces. Oh, I'll take that, that over there, I like that. I like that. You know, we do that with other people. We kind of like reservedly sometimes. We even can love, in a sense, reservedly. You know, I don't like those bad parts. But I love your good parts. 
the good parts of you. That's not how God works. He loves you. In fact, he made a way for you and me. In fact, from the foundation of the earth before when you were in your mother's womb, he loved you. And he made himself known to you that you might love him. He loved you so much. It's kind of, you know, this whole thing of buffet, you know, pit, bits and pieces, you know, and we kind of, sometimes we kind of take people into our lives that way, and that's unfortunate. Um, but a family came over for dinner at our home one time, and the dad was putting broccoli on his kid's plate, little boy, little son there, and said, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy, I don't like trees. That's exactly that's exact quote. You know, God isn't like that. God is all in on you because it's by grace. It's unconditional love. It's the call of everything you are. Jesus said this to his disciples, follow me. It's kind of like, it's like that. Follow me. And lay down your nets and follow me. From the very beginning, kind of like put down that staff. Or what's that staff? We're going to talk about putting it down in a minute. Be my disciples. And after Jesus left them and trained them and gave them uh, hope and prayed with them and he had sent them out on a practice mission, then he goes, dies on the cross, he goes back to the Father. They turned the world upside down or maybe probably better is right side up. Um, the world appears to be upside down, but there's... God's doing his work. We have, to, we have to trust that. See, he takes it all. He takes your good parts, your bad parts. Do you realize that God can use your blunders and your mistakes for his glory? That he can use your hurts and your fears? He can use everything. He takes your haunting regrets. Ever had any, some, any, any of those haunting regrets? They are haunting. So what is that in your hand? It is a call of everything you are. It is a call of everything Moses was. He wandered around the desert with it for how many years? I don't know where he picked it up. And there are no trees in the desert. He got a stick somewhere, probably in an oasis or something. And at the burning bush, God, had clar God gave him clarity and focus. And, and God gave him clarity and focus because he, God has clarity and focus on you. And he has clarity and focus on Moses, on, on Moses. He had that. What is it? What are you carrying around, holding on to it and keeping back? What is it that you need? You know, God knows everything, but what you need to confess. What is it that you need to have a little talk with Jesus about? What is it? So... Moses objected to God's call and when he was sent, or the Moses, uh, God was sending him, telling him, you're going back to Egypt. And he gave an excuse. He objected. But he threw it when he told, when he was told, he threw it. He cast the rod, the staff on the ground. That's a command that God spoke. So it's a question, then a command. I cast it on the ground. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, 
and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. See, Moses, you know, probably know the history of, he had 40 years in the palace. You know, he was uh, taken out of the Nile from a little basket, and he was adopted into the family of uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter. And then he grew up, and one day he said, I don't like the oppression I'm seeing on my people. He knew he was. He took it upon himself. He got ahead of God. And he went up, up there. He went out there to wherever they were and the heavy labor and all that they were doing. And he said, who made you... No, they said to him, who made you ruler over... Or who made you an authority over us? And he killed a man killed one of, the, one of the guards of the slaves and he threw him in the sand. And then after that, he, he found, Pharaoh found out and he had to flee and he flee, fled to the desert. He had a contract on his life and he fled to the desert, he ran away. But this command, throw down the old staff, is this. It's a yield right of way. You come to those, those signs on the roads, you know, those circles they put in? It's kind of a reinvention of an, an old thing, actually. I mean, when I moved to Edmonton in 1973, they were huge. They were, they, I thought they were going to be a problem for me driving around that city. They weren't so bad. But there's a yield. There's a, there's a yield right of way in there. You probably know how it works. I hope you do. But there's a yield right, a yield of right away here. Maybe you say, well, yeah, I give up. I've had a tough week. Brent asked about that earlier. I've had a real tough week. Or he said, have you had a good week? There's some people here have had a good week. That's great. You're still going to have to yield right away sometime. Just keep that in mind. There's going to be, a, a, you know, a problem. You're going into one. You're in one. You're coming out of one. But you had a bad week and you say, I give up. You had a day, you had a week, you had a month. I give up, I'm done. In a futile gesture, you've done that. But that's not the way it goes. That's not the kind of yieldedness, like I give up in frustration, but Lord, I give it to you. That's the giving up. That is, it's a surrender. And it's a surrender and it's also humility. C.S. Lewis said, you've probably heard this quote, it's really a good one. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Right? So, out of obedience, he throws it down. So, there's surrender, there's humility, and there's obedience. And he threw it down immediately. And in obedience... He did pick it up. So here it is. What you've done in the past, you're now doing for me. That's the change. That's the shift. That's what happened at the burning bush. Did Moses walk away from that perfect? No. Did he complain 
some more, yeah. But he walked with God with the rod of God in his hand. So he says, reach out your hand. Take it by the tail. And he jumped back. And because his staff had become a serpent. So let me ask you this morning. What is it that you, that God is asking you to reach out for, but it's, it's a snake. It's a snake to you. It's a serpent to you. It's a fear of you. But God wants you to deal with it. It's okay to have fear, but we've got to take God's courage. We've got to take it up and pick up that snake. You've got to pick up it. That serpent. He took it and it became a staff. The very thing that he feared became his staff. Maybe something that you fear. Maybe something that you have in your life can become a strength in your life. Become part of your testimony that you can share to somebody else who's going through a tough time. Don't be afraid of the snakes. I, I, well, you can be afraid, but take it to God. It's okay. Fear is all right. It's a, it's a valid emotion. But don't let the fear overcome you. Don't let that anxiety live in your head as it does, whirling around and you miss what God has for you at this time of your life. Live in the moment. See the fear. Check it out, but don't camp there. Pick up the snake. It'll become a staff because you're picking it up. It's God's authority and it's God's power that you're picking up. As we kind of saw on the screen, that staff, the special effects, he parted the Red Sea with it. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. Because uh, Moses was now going in God's power and his authority. It's not about us, really. It's not about you. Sometimes our anxiety and our fears make, we, we pull back and we get inside ourselves, so to speak, and it becomes about us. My safety, my comfort. We go back to, you know, like Moses, he, he was comfortable in the palace. He was even, you know, even though it was a desert in, in some respects, he was comfortable in the desert. He, was, he had the old shoe on. Ever heard that expression? Got to, uh, you know, be comfortable as an old shoe. I got shoes like that. I mow the lawn in them. I don't walk to work in them. I don't go about my day wearing my comfortable shoes, although these are quite comfortable. But you know what I mean. I don't walk in my old ways. I try not to. I, I work on it. I give my heart to God and I let God do the work. And I hope you do too. And I'm sure, sure you do. So, what is in your hand? The call of everything you are. And what you've done in the past for yourself, you are now doing it for me. The casting it on the ground. Giving it up. And then picking up the snake. 
It says simply in the scripture, Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Took it in his hand. It was still the staff. It still looked like the staff. It, was, it wasn't, didn't turn to iron or anything like that because you think, well, that's just the word. That's actually the King James Version word, but it's good. Well, it rhymes, right? Rod of God. It's kind of powerful. No fishing rod should really be called that. Um, and you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. He was given three signs to do. This is the first one is to, uh, you know, show this. Throw your rod on the ground when you go back to, your, to, to the children of Israel and the leaders there. Throw, throw it down there and, you know, you, know, you show them. It becomes a snake and then, it, and then it becomes a rod again. And then the, putting the hand inside and, and then also if they don't believe after that, the hand becomes leprous. He pulls it out. It's healed. And then the blood he didn't do this one until he faced the Egyptians. The blood, the water into blood. So what he's talking about here is when you take the rod of God in your hand, or he took it in his hand, you're talking about ownership or responsibility. You shall take this rod in your hand. The word good word there is take. I'm not leaving that rod on the ground. I'm taking that rod. I'm obedient to God and I'm responsible before him and you shall do the signs. You'll go back there and do those signs and you'll obviously you'll go back to your people because that's where I've called you to go and that's where you tried to go first 40 years ago and didn't work. Um, but you're going back in my authority and my power. You shall take the rod in your hand. To take responsibility. It's like this, back to the snake, it's writhing on the ground. And you're afraid of it. But you take responsibility and you pick it up. It becomes the rod. Whether it's a relational thing, something emotional you're working through, whether it's letting go, whether you have to face something, maybe you're facing something this week, you've got to make a decision on it. What is this saying to us? It's saying, what you do from now on, you will do my way. It says then, Moses took his wife, his sons, and set them on the donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. So he took his family. He made them part. As parents, we make God part of our home. We take the rod in our hand. in our home. The authority and power of God, that is. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh. But first of all, he went to his people. He had to get them on board, so to speak. And that's where 
God ties us in. He ties it back to the Israelites, the journey with God. He says, that's what you're to do. You're going back to the people that are oppressed that I want to bring out of Egypt. It's part of that uh, Brent talked on last week about, because uh, it, it relates, it's to, it, it goes all the way back to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All these people that were being oppressed were part of that whole thing of looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. They're in Egypt. They're not even near, you know, near it where they, the Jerusalem would be, and then, of course, they're not with their Father in heaven. He tied it back to faith. And that's the third, uh, that's the other one there in your blank, responsibility and faith. You're going to do it my way. Not like a loose cannon on the deck of a ship you know, going out there and uh, taking it into your own hands and getting into trouble because you murder someone. And then you flee off to Egypt. That was the big regret, I think, in Moses' life. And like I said earlier, you may have some of those regrets. You may have some that you have never talked over with God. And he says, what is in your hand? And he says, Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And you pick it up. Because God says you can. And he's going to give you his authority and his power. I'm putting it in your hand. Now from now on you will do my way. Do it my way. And that's action. Faith is always action. Faith is, is not just sitting. It's not just, uh, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. What faith is, 11.1 of Hebrews says, faith is the certainty. You don't have the scripture in your, in your notes if you're taking notes, so um, you can underline it it won't be there <laughs> but you can underline it if you have your Bible or you can look it up when you get home and you underline it in your mind faith is the certainty of things hoped for the proof of things not seen well really I got to figure this out but I you know I need to know the exact time when I'm supposed to go and where I'm supposed to go and you know uh, do they have queen-size beds in the hotel I'm going to stay in? The, you know, we have all that anxiety sometimes about the when and the where. Well, Moses knew the when, and he knew the where now. And you might know the when and where, but you still got anxiety, and God says, take a risk, step out. Go by faith, the certainty Go by faith, the proof of things not yet seen. Maybe there's something you need to do. Maybe God's calling you to something. 
And you take ownership of it and you go by faith. You're not control. I'm not talking about trying to control something or something, somewhat, something else. That's the opposite of faith. That's pride. Um, faith is a certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. So, what you do from now on, you do my way. Check out this scripture in Hebrews 11, in the Hall of Faith scriptures. That's what we call them. Uh, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pressures of sin and pleasures of sin. Well, he went out and it, and it, it, it blew up in his face. That's, that's kind of the bad parts, right? God takes it all. He takes that. He takes that mistake that he made and, and uh, he forgives and he pushes us forward. He says, go forward. By faith, Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. So that little clip that gets the people up goes out for three days of worship and then he goes. After, before that, he'd taken all the gold and silver in, in the country. Because God said to, plunder those guys. Because they owe you 210 years of wages. And there's 400 years there, but 210 of them were in hard labor. Making bricks out of straw and mud and all that sort of thing. But it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. That was the, the, la the, the last thing. That, you know, the Pharaoh's firstborn dies and... And he finds, okay, go, go do your three days of worship. And then he turns around and he chases them. And as you see the outcome of that. And it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. That's a miracle. You know, a lot of people refute this whole thing and you know, say well that's just one of the kind of uh, you know it's kind of a mythological story I don't believe it was because I, I think God I know God did that it's God's authority and power that Moses went out in and he struck the Red Sea held his hand up over it and the Red Sea parted well what's your Red Sea Another question. What is it that you need to go through and you can't go through it without God's help? You can't go through it unless God parts the waters, so to speak. What is it? Maybe, maybe you don't have one. But what we all have as Christians is the call for us to walk by faith. To daily walk by faith and those little red seas you see as huge in your life, but God sees them as puddles, but he still needs to help you get through them. Where do you need to put your faith into action? Where do you need to put your faith into action? Maybe it's been kind of dormant on this thing. Maybe God's been speaking to you about something and your faith has gone dormant. Maybe it's become, you know, an anxiety. I know, I know, I got to do this, Lord. I got to start doing this, Lord. I got to, you know, you're telling me by faith to step out, by faith to take a risk. 
God will provide the way for you. Let's stand together. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray for you, but before I pray, I want to pray for anyone that's here or watching live stream. And you don't know the Lord. You've never asked Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior. You've never taken that step of faith. In fact, maybe you're just worried and you don't know the way. Jesus is the way. You need him in your life. So borrow this prayer from me. Pray it in the stillness and soft, uh, silence of your heart or whisper it and ask Jesus to come in. Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. As much as I know, I ask you to come into my life and help me to know you, to trust you, to follow you, to walk by faith, to step out. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Christian, let's pray. The call of everything you are what you've done in the past for yourself, you're now doing for me. What you do from now on, you are, you are doing for me. Lord, today, I pray. Lord, that those things, those regrets, those things have held us back. the haunting regrets, the anxiety, the fear that we get when we have to deal with something or something happens and we've got a problem. We have your staff. We go to you. We have a certainty. Faith is a certainty. It's the evidence of things not seen. And we, by faith, we can walk as these great people in Hebrews chapter 11 walked. Because we are too on this earth looking for a place whose builder and maker is God. And of course, that's heaven. You've got a place prepared before us in heaven, prepared for us. But Lord, we got life to live down here in the moment with you by faith. So we ask you as you call us to that. Lord, strengthen us. Lord, thank you for making us ready. Thank you for all the things that you've done in our hearts so far and that you love us not as just a piece of us, but you love us. 
and you've made the way for us to love you. And your purpose is that for us to let you love us and then love you. And you've made that for us. It's, and it's by faith. You loved us when you sent your son to the cross. You opened the way that we might live for you every day of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.